Hello, everyone. Welcome to Crownsman Energy. I am still your host, Jared Downey. Thank you for watching. And we have in the studio back today, we have Gaudi Molina. Yay. You've been away for almost a year. Wow, it's been that long. <laughs> no, we just, we had to, we could finally, we updated our studio so Gaudi can be on the show and produce it at the same time. So very good to have you back, Gaudi. I'm happy to be back. Um, on the show today, we have, uh, we have Enerclear Services, Chad Carrier. He is the business development for Enerclear Services. It's going to be a very interesting show. They are repurposing um, pipes in the oil and gas sector and actually in across multiple industries, which we'll, we'll let him unpack that. I'm not going to butcher it right now. So very excited. Um, Chad, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm very well, Jared. Thanks for having me. Gowdy, good to see you as well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. I'm, I'm very excited to have you on there. I've got a, quite a long list of <clears throat> questions, so I hope you're up for it, Chad. <laughs> well, I'll certainly try. <laughs> um, but first, uh, we have to uh, pass it over to Gowdy. Um, Gowdy, we've got some sponsors. Do you have any new sponsors on today? We do, actually. Who, um, Bellatorum Resources, who was actually a guest um, not too long ago. Mm. Um, and they are here today to sponsor this episode. Okay. Let's, uh, let's uh, give them their, their ad and a couple of our other sponsors. And we will get into the interview chat. Sounds good. All righty. So this episode of Crownsman Energy is brought to you by Bellatorum Resources. Bellatorum Resources is a veteran-owned and operated investment firm specializing in mineral rights acquisitions, leasing and right-of-way services, curative title work, as well as other consulting services. Their leadership team is highly experienced in providing all services associated with major projects in the energy industry. You can find out more at bellatorum.com. We are also sponsored by PowerZone Equipment. When you need a specialized team of world-class engineers for your oil and gas pipelines, dewatering, or any fluid handling needs, you want to visit PowerZone.com. In addition to their inventory of rebuilt pumps, motors, engines, they also have an amazing team to design and engineer your systems, no matter the challenge, no matter the location. Get in the zone with PowerZone. Visit them at PowerZone.com. And last but not least, we have Savanaugh Equipment. Are you working on pipelines, oil and gas projects, renewable energy, or LNG, and need to save some cash? Well, you can visit Savanaugh Equipment. They have industrial pumps, electrical equipment from motors to transformers, and even surplus pipe and much, much more available now. Again, visit them at SavanaughEquipment.com, where you will find more equipment every day. Well, that's it on my end for sponsors. Okay, thank you, Gary. Those are pretty three pretty fitting sponsors based on the topic. They um, are. <laughs> okay, uh, Chad, let let's jump into it. Um, this this technology, um, I think it's been around for a while, but it's not as it's not as known as well, obviously, um, as we we want as many people to know about it as possible. But <laughs> let's let's start off with just talking about. Um, what the technology, the problem it is solving, which is a big challenge in the industry, is repurposing these pipelines. So can you, can you just uh, walk us through it a little bit? Yeah, absolutely, Jared. And uh, you're right. It's, uh, we call it at Enerclear Services a new iteration of a proven technology or of a proven process that's been around for, for quite a few years, for decades, really. Um, the in-situ internal cleaning and coating process was developed in the late 70s, early 80s, and it's a highly specialized process where basically it's a three-stage process where we're able to completely uh, 
clean out and then coat existing pipeline infrastructure, as well as clean and coat brand new pipeline infrastructure. So it's incredibly unique. It's incredibly boutique in, in the process itself, which of course we'll, we'll touch on shortly here. Um, but it, it certainly can answer a lot of challenges and it's a real innovative process um, in terms of approaching existing pipeline infrastructure, as well as protecting and investing in protecting, internally protecting brand new pipelines. So a lot of people think that this is a new process. It's a new technology. It's not, it's just highly specialized. So our team, uh, our crew has been doing this for decades and they were um, our mentor who was our previous incarnation before Enterclear proper was really one of the mentors or one of the pioneers of this process. So we've been very fortunate as Enterclear to be involved with um, the pioneers of this process. And then now we're, we're constantly trying to evolve upon the process and the system itself to bring it to a larger and broader market. I mean, one of the things that came to mind, I want to get into this technology specifically, but one of the things that came to mind essentially as soon as I saw that you were coming on the show was, I saw a part of this repurposing um, pipelines. I mean, I, I think it's pretty public knowledge, no matter if you're supporting it or against it, that it's pretty tough to get a pipeline built this day. I think it takes about 100 years or something now. Um, <laughs> For 100, I think 110 these yeah, days. It's somewhere in there. Um, but um, whereas your solution, I mean, and you already touched on it, but you're, you're not just, you can basically... Um, uh, re repurpose these pipeline for a completely new and it's and it's not just steel you're you're talking i mean you're talking like fiberglass everything right well it's it's a multifaceted approach in terms of the types of projects that we can uh, look to execute on we predominantly stay in the carbon steel market however we have just designed a fire a program for fiberglass pipeline as well so we're we're looking at that unroll uh rolling that out sometime in 2021. So it's, again, it's quite unique. It'd be the first of its kind in the world. Um, so what we look at is, is a lot of interesting applications. And for us as Enerclear Services, it, it really depends on the market and, and what the market is looking at in terms of the types of projects or the types of interest that we see in our process. Again, because it is so innovative, when we first started out, majority of the projects we were doing were existing pipelines. So going in, rehabilitating existing lines. So taking a look at, for example, an oil emulsion pipeline. And, and because it's a batched methodology or a pigged in system, which we'll get into here shortly, that allows a lot of benefits in terms of um, how we can approach projects and how we can approach different pipelines, uh, specific lines in general, because it's all in situ, it's all in place. So our crews head out to the field, we set up at, at the location, we have a launch a, a receiver, and then we can go really, really long distances because it's a pigged in process. Now, the, the, the length of, of distances we can go are dictated by uh, you know, the pipeline size and a few other factors, but we can go quite expansive distances in one section. So with existing pipeline infrastructure, it really allows a lot of flexibility in terms of the, the types of lines that we can we can rehabilitate. So again, they're predominantly car carbon steel is, is what we look for because we need, we need a proper anchor profile for our coating to adhere. Um, so our, our crews are well-versed in the carbon steel substrate, but we are looking at fiberglass right now. And then we're looking at a lot of other exciting developments, but it really, again, depends on where the market um, chooses to go. Um, for the past five or six years um, prior to, you know, the oil price 
taking a bit of a nosedive, we saw a lot of interest in brand new pipeline construction projects. So we would piggyback behind the mechanical contractor, our crews would set up, and then we would coat that line right behind as it's being built and then turn it over to the, uh, to the end user to, to turn that pipeline online. So we have a lot of flexibility in terms of what we look at for projects. So existing new pipelines every year, it really depends in terms of the percentages of projects that we do, whether it's existing or new. Um, but again, a lot of flexibility in terms of how we can execute these projects. I want to bring up the video here in a second, Chad, but I, I, before we do, I just wanted to sort of understand something. There's in things like this, is there, is there a balance of, is there sort of a balance between the science and the art of it um, in, in a product like this? Because it seems like every, so there's the standard things and we've talked about it so much on the show, there's standard operations within the industry, like a pipe has to be welded together in a certain way. Okay. Right. That, you know, it just has to be done. But, but then there's all these different variations of what that pipeline is covering, the, the type of uh, landscape, what's going through the pipeline. It just, it goes on and on. So this, and I, I want to bring up the video in about 30 seconds, but I just kind of want to understand. So is there, what, what kind of team goes in to, to do this? I mean, are these, are these the, the guys doing it or have, do they have 30 years experience? Great question, Jared. And, yeah, and yes, absolutely. This is, a, again, incredibly specialized, incredibly innovative process. Our crew, we're not a large company because it is such a specialized process that, that we need to ensure that our crew is, is highly versed on this, you know, on this subject matter. And they are. Um, we honestly have uh, the best team in the business in terms of the crew. They are complete professionals um, and they are so experienced in this in situ internal cleaning and coating process. And they've been working on, on various different pipelines around the world for, for many, many years. You know, team members of, on our crew have been doing this for decades. So it's, um, it's a real art in terms of how we go about executing the process. Now it's a three-stage process, whether it's existing or brand new pipelines, we still follow a mechanical cleaning stage, okay. a chemical cleaning stage, and then a coating stage. However, as we all know, pipeline, every pipeline is a specific specific environment. So once they get out to the site, you know, we would back engineer a program to determine, you know, how are we going to clean the pipeline and then of course coat the pipeline. But as we all know, once you get out the site, that's when the real art begins. Our crew, they 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 mobilize out to site, they get ready and then, then they basically learn the line um, as they go. They they start progressively pigging, opening up opening up that pipeline if, if it's needed, if it's existing and brand new as well. They start cleaning it out and they really get to understand that pipeline through many, many different pig runs. You know, what are the tight spots? Where are the bends? So by the time they get to the coating stage, it's a well-oiled machine in terms of running it at a controlled rate of travel. So it's, there's a lot of art that goes into it and our crew is, um, is the best in the business. So, I mean, I know it's going to vary, Chad, but like how, how long, how long of a line could you do? And again, I've, I'm teasing the audience by saying we're going to bring up the video and I promise too soon, but um, how long would you be able to go on a standard line? And what are the variables that come in? Yeah, it's a great question, Jared. And honestly, you'll, like you'll hear from me a few times probably is the answer is it depends. Um, and the reason for that is because every pipeline is so specific and so unique to its circumstance and parameter. So in terms of distance, we can execute any pipeline three inch and up 
really about three inch to 32 inch is, is the sweet, sweet spot for our process. Now in North America, Western Canada, predominantly what we see is about three to 16 inch. Um, so because it's a pig in batch methodology, we can go quite long distances in one, in one continuous section. So if we're talking smaller diameter pipe, three to four inch, well, we can't go quite as long as we can with larger diameter pipes, such as 10 to 16 inch. Really, that's because it, it comes down to a few different factors, but mostly controlling air pressure. So if we're talking three, four um, inch pipeline, generally speaking, again, it's all dependent on topography um, and a few other limiting factors, but we can go about three to four kilometers in one continuous pass. When we get up to four to six inch, we can start getting, you know, five, six, eight kilometers in one pass. And then as we get up to eight inch, 10 inch, we can go a lot longer. If we get 12, 16 inch pipeline and good topography, like a flat section, uh, we're able to go up to 15 to 20 kilometers in one continuous section. So a lot of flexibility in how we execute projects. Now, with that said, we can do 30, 40, 50 kilometer projects. Really, as long as the pipeline is, we can execute. It just comes down to properly managing those sections. So in terms of some of the other you know, options on the market with respect to internal protection, the massive benefit to what we do is the fact that we can go such long sections, which means you know, it's a real environmental impact here. We've got a lot of benefits because less disturbance in terms of dig ups and, and we're not impacting the environment nearly as much as some of the other strategies out there. So that's a huge environmental benefit to, to what we do in the innovation of the process itself. And the fact that it is in situ, again, it's stuff that's already in place, that's already been put there. We're just coming in to either rehabilitate or protect for the first time. Yeah, it, it's funny. Anybody who is an expert in pipelines will probably <laughs> just shake their head at this but if someone was just ask me to guess i would actually guess that a smaller pipeline you'd have more control because it's more compact but it's actually the larger ones that you're able to go a longer distance because you're able to control the, the pressure right? bang on bang yeah. on exactly uh, well, let's bring up the video i think it's at about a minute uh 12 or something chad um and i'd just like you if you could play it and, and gad will bring it up for our audience i'd like you to sort of walk us through because it's such a um we've had a couple companies on lately that have done a really nice job of this and and Enerclear is no exception. So I'd like to bring up this video and just sort of give us a couple, uh, just a little bit of a walkthrough of what we're actually seeing. Sure. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, so whenever you're ready, I'll play the video and I'll, I'll walk through it. And then of course, after the video is done, I'll certainly give some additional context to, to what you've just seen here. Okay, perfect. All right. So so I'm playing the video um, from what you're gonna see here is, is really beginning the, 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 the cleaning process. So again, it is a batch methodology. Everything we do is, is a slugger uphill system. So what we do is we mechanically clean and we chemically clean the pipeline. And how we do that is by loading in various different media in a tight slugger pill under pressure between two pigs. And we move that down the line at a controlled rate of travel. So in the mechanical cleaning stage, we would, again, dictated by the pipeline, we would look to, to use various different solvents, uh, soap and water flushes, to basically open up that pipeline or really peel the onion. Then when we get to the second stage, the chemical cleaning stage, which you see here uh, on your screen, that's where we would batch in an inhibited hydrochloric acid between the two pigs. So again, it's under pressure, it's in a tight plugger pill, and we're moving that down the line at a controlled rate of travel. Now the acid will force itself in to all your fish hooks, your, your pits, your undercuts, and really completely clean that pipeline out. Now it's inhibited, so it will not attack the pipeline substrate, but it will soften and emulsify the, the debris that may be in there. Again, throughout every stage of our process, 
we are monitoring the state of cleanliness. We do that via effluent samples, sediment spin-outs, as well as titration of the acid. Um, then once we have achieved uh, NACE number one white metal finish or SFPC5 white metal finish or NACE number two or SFPC10 near white metal finish, again, it's a visual finish. Then we have our takedown stage, which you're seeing here on, on the screen where we completely dry out the pipeline. We passivate and hold the surface in preparation for the coating process. So the coating process itself is, is the third and final stage. And again, much like the, the, the prior two stages, it's a batch methodology. So we would select a, a specific two-part epoxy coating that's suitable for the intended cargo of the pipeline. And then we would mix it on, on site. Our crews would load it between those pigs. And then we would run it down the pipeline or move it down the pipeline at a controlled rate of travel, which you're seeing here uh, on, on the video. And the controlled rate of travel ensures a uniform deposition of coating. So you'll get that um, homogenous thin film coating throughout the entire internal of the pipeline. Um, as you can see here, that includes your pits, your bends, your wells, your fish hooks, your undercuts. Again, because it's under pressure, it will force itself into that pipeline substrate and give you that complete coating coverage um, on the entire internal of the pipeline. And now we do this multiple times. So we call it a multiple pass flood coat system. And that is not a one and done system. We're doing this multiple times. We're building up the thin film, dry film thickness methodically over multiple passes. Of course, after every pass, our crews are monitoring the, the, the dry film thickness that's been applied in a nominal fashion. So we're taking uh, readings at all access points and all clock positions, and, and then we're building up that dry foam thickness methodically until we achieve what uh, the final specification from that coating manufacturer has called for. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Did you practice that? <laughs> uh, it's just a tap dancing every day. <laughs> that was impressive. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so do you have... Uh, do you have a couple samples, Chad? I think you just sort of I see, because we just saw that video. Can we see yep. the, sort of that end result? Absolutely. So I've got a couple of samples here. I'll show, you, I'll show you the light one first because the other one's uh, pretty heavy. But so as we alluded to in the video, um, our final product is, is really dictated by the coating manufacturers. So we don't have um, one coating that we use. We have access to a variety of different coatings. Um, and what we'll use is, is coatings that are manufactured by excellent coating manufacturers. So, so for example, Highland International, Axo Nobel, Inter um, uh, DeVoe Paint, a multitude of different uh, coatings we would look to utilize depending on, again, what's in that pipeline. So we do a lot of research with the client to uncover, okay, what is the cargo? What is the media? And then we would work with our various different coatings labs to ensure that we've selected a coating that's, you know, proper for the intended environment of the pipeline. So that's a big, that's a big caveat to what we do is that, you know, we, we need to ensure that we're applying a coating that's suitable for that system and or a change of service. So for example, if you had an oil emulsion pipeline, you want to switch it to a water pipeline, we of course would completely clean it out and then ensure that coating that we're selecting is suitable for the new service that's going to go in the pipeline. So most of the coatings that we utilize call for an eight to 12 mils or an eight to 12 thousands of an inch final dry film thickness. That's a massive benefit, again, to, to our process in that the, the pipeline operator, the owner, keeps the majority of their pipeline ID. Because when I say 10 to 12 mils, I'll hold it up here, it's a little hard to see. But that's, that's uh, your, your final dry film thickness. So this is a cutout, a live cutout that we had from, from a run-out school in the field. So as you can see, it's really 
about the size of two business cards. So that's what we equate it to. So it's an incredible thin film coating that we apply again. It, it's, it's really tough to see, but it's incredibly smooth as well. So you get massive flow efficient properties with, with the coatings. And now this one's a beast, but I'll hold it up here. So this again, it's, it's a cutout from the field. This is obviously from, you know, from a flange that we cut out. And this one's a beauty because it really exemplifies just again, how thin film that coating is and then weld coverage, you know, how yeah, smooth say, yeah, and, and, and uniform that, that weld coverage is, you know, leading up to your, up to your flange here, your flange face. So uh, again, this is a live, live cutout, either different colors because, you know, we of course use different types of coatings, but the weld coverage is, is really a big one because a lot of times people, you know, they're skeptical in terms of, well, what's my weld going to look like? Are you sure you can give me that full uniform homogenous coating? And, and right. the fact is we, we can, again, because we're building that dry film thickness up methodically over multiple passes. So those are just a couple of examples. And, you know, we've got, we've got a lot more. And if you check out our website too, we've got a ton of pictures. We've got a ton of videos, um, links to all our social media accounts where we populate that constantly with types of projects what we're seeing, what we're encountering, and of course, visuals, because as we all know, sometimes pipelines aren't exactly the most visual or exciting medium to talk about, but you know, by having the pictures, it helps to visualize and you can see, okay, we are achieving what we say we are achieving. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's huge. I mean, we've, we've had, uh, we've had a few, few guests that come on that have, have thought to, that they're going to come on the show. And then we realized we really couldn't showcase, especially over a, you know, a long show, that it just basically it's like you almost have to take everybody's word for it <laughs> it's like it's not you're it's right not good after about after about five minutes it's like okay where are we going to go so this having you know having that video and then having the product it, it's very helpful especially if you're kind of a layman like myself um is there i want to talk um i want to do a couple case studies but i also uh, but before we do that i want to confirm a couple things because we've been really focusing on pipeline you're on crownsman energy but this is not limited. Um, of course, anybody watching probably already knows this, but I should clarify, this is not limited. I mean, you've worked in other sectors and certainly can work in other sectors, right? Mine, yes. Water, anything. Co correct, Jared, yeah. And thank you for bringing it up because well, a lot of times people do assume that it's traditional oil and gas. And absolutely, that is, you know, the bulk of, of the projects that we execute are you know, your traditional oil and gas sector. But yeah, we, we have and, and can execute projects in a variety of different types of industries. So, you know, oil and gas, of course, but then, you know, mining, we're looking at some stuff in nuclear. Um, we're, we're having a lot of exciting developments behind the scenes um, with respect to, to a hydrogen pipeline environment as well. So we're, we're part of a working group that's, um, that's working on a lot of exciting developments in that space. We can't share too much at the moment right now because we're still working through it. Um, but I think we're going to see a lot of exciting developments with respect to the clean technology space in terms of what we can execute. So really, it's a great question because it comes down to if you have a carbon steel line, we can execute on it. So in the past, you know, we've done potable water lines, we've done water injection lines, oil, emulsion, natural gas. There's a lot of variation in terms of what we do, again, because we're using various different coatings for intended environments. So again, if it's, uh, you know, if it's a mining related application it's water intensive you know we'll look for a, a coating that's suitable for that if it's a natural gas environment or a hydrogen environment you know we'll look for a, a real dense or a tight link cross-link coating that's suitable for that application so it is a great point um potable water of course there's you know there's regulations that need to be need to be followed there so we can look at 
a variety of different projects in terms of um, how we can execute and what we can execute on because it is so versatile. So yeah, it's not just oil and gas and clean technologies as well in terms of the water space, you know, water usage, as well as repurposing um, existing infrastructure and changing the service of that pipeline. That's where we see a lot of benefit in the clean technology space is taking what's already there, your expansive pipeline network. Like I think there's, you know, one of the stats out there, there's about eight, roughly 825,000 kilometers of, of pipeline in the ground. That's just in Canada alone. So that's a massive infrastructure that's already there, that's already in place. Now, can you repurpose all of it? Well, maybe not, but there's a good chunk that you can repurpose or that would be good candidates to do so. So that's where we really come in the clean technology spaces, you know, maybe taking a, a pipeline that's located, you know, very strategically or an advantageous location of that pipeline and changing its service to whatever, you know, clean technology may be needed, natural gas, water, potentially hydrogen as, as we look down that, uh, down well, that road. I, I know you can't get into it and understandably mm -hmm. you can't get into too much of the hydrogen. That that's pretty exciting because we've had, um, I'm always careful to, to drop, companies names and stuff um on the show but i mean anybody who's watched the show knows one of our first guests was in the hydrogen you know sort of re uh re uh evaluating some of these existing drill holes because there is hydrogen um that that can be extracted and of course if they can repurpose these pipes that i mean it just drops i mean i don't even billions of dollars of cost right um, so that's, I, I know you can't get into it very much now, but it's pretty exciting. I, I hope we get to stay up to date on that. I hope uh, so as are well. There, are there some projects that sort of stand out or even one that sort of just sort of highlights the, that, um, you know, sort of as a company, sort of <clears throat> the service element, you know, that's solving that solution. That's, that's, is there a project that stands out for you, Chad? Yeah. Yeah, Jared, there, there are quite a few, honestly. Um, we have, and like I said, with with what we do because it is so unique we're really one of a handful of companies in the world that are able to execute in this fashion that have the knowledge and the know-how to in situ clean and coat pipelines we're the only canadian company that we're aware of and, and again we're, we're one of a handful in the world so we see interest in what we do globally so you know our crews have worked as far away as kuwait brazil mexico you know we've done offshore projects obviously onshore winter desert settings so we work we work around the world and we see a lot of interest globally. You know, we prefer being an Alberta based uh, company, you know, Canadian company. We prefer to stay uh, in Western Canada as much as we can. We do have an American footprint as well. So we do a lot of projects in the state uh, also. So we, we are very nimble in terms of um, scaling up and, and looking at projects around the world. We actually an exciting development. We're just uh, starting up our European division as well, as we're seeing oh. a lot of interest in Europe on, yeah, again, the clean technology space. And then, um, you know, they're reusing their expansive pipeline network. So I digressed a little bit there, but, um, but we, we can see a lot of types of projects around the world. But one in particular we did um, back in 2008, it was in, it was in Alberta here um, for, for clients that we had worked for and have worked for for many years. It was back in 2008, it was a cooling water line. Um, it was 16 inch, I believe, about 2,500 feet. And uh, this was a very unique project because it was in a plant setting. Um, so the, the pipeline itself actually had, I believe it was 93 90s in it. So pipe rack setting, you know, quite an intricate design. Again, because we pig, you know, we have a pigged in process, we're able to successfully navigate, you know, and completely clean out that pipeline. So with all the bends, um, you know, we methodically cleaned that out and then applied a coating um, to really increase the throughput 
because they were running a, a, a few water pumps and they weren't getting enough water um, daily through through the pipeline for various different reasons. So once we came in and successfully cleaned and coated that pipeline out, they were not, they were able to get enough water through one pump, I believe about eight hours uh, through one pump, as opposed to what they were doing with a couple of pumps over about a 24-hour period. So, it, it, you know, a lot of back-end savings come with what we do. Um, and that was, you know, for a fraction of the cost, we were able to successfully rehabilitate and clean and coat that pipeline versus having them come in and, and completely replace the pipeline. Now, this one is a little bit unique because it is a pipeline uh, facility setting. So to replace facility pipes, you know, as, as a lot of the viewers are probably aware, is, is quite expensive because you're dealing with a lot of outside factors. Um, so this one, you know, we were able to successfully um, clean and coat for, for, you know, a small percentage of what the replacement cost would be, according to the client. But um, it just helps exemplify some of the different types of um, flexibilities that we can see in terms of the projects. And, and it really comes down to when we look at projects themselves or when, you know, potential clients or, or owners contact us, it, it really depends on what they're looking for because the process provides so many different benefits. It really is kind of a, you know, almost like a choose your own adventure in terms of what you're looking for. And what I mean by that is say if it's a natural gas pipeline, well, it might not be that dirty. So you're not really looking at the, you know, at a big cleaning program or, or the corrosive elements to it, but you're looking at flow efficiency. So, you know, that's really the benefit of, of projects of that nature is that, you know, we can apply the coating, increase your throughput, move more product through the pipeline and lower your energy expenditure, which in turn reduces your CO2 emissions. So that's a massive benefit in there. But if you're dealing with, you know, a water pipeline or an oil pipeline or a brine pipeline where there's significant, you know, scale debris buildup, well, that's, you know, corrosion is, you know, is probably one of your biggest concerns. So that's where we would really, uh, that's where the benefits would really lie and that we can completely clean it out and then apply the coating. So protect that pipeline moving forward. Um, a lot of times we kind of equate it to, we like analogies that enter clear, but we equate it to, you know, basically rust on a car, right? Is if you have a car and it's starting to rust, you've got a couple of options in terms of how you can repair it. You know, you may just, hey, I'm just going to slap paint over top of it and kind of, you know, away you go. But we all know that's not addressing the root cause of the root issue. You're literally just painting over it that, you know, the, the problem is still going to, is still going to happen underneath or behind the scenes. So when we look at pipelines, the, the cleaning component is, is probably the most integral part of what we do. It's ensuring that we completely clean that pipeline out correctly, um, you know, and, and we, we achieve a proper anchor profile for that coating to adhere. So that, um, you know, we acid etch the substrate of the profile, which is, which is a unique part of what we do. Traditional coatings use a blast finish. We use an acid etch finish, which, which is achieved through our inhibited hydrochloric acid, um, our chemical cleaning phase as the, the sufficient contact time uh, and ensures that we're getting the proper profile for these coatings to adhere. So we, we have a lot of interesting benefits and interesting um, applications in terms of where we go. So again, it's all about addressing the root cause, whatever that might be for, for the end user. It's um, you, something you said, I'm, I want to just jump back to something you said before that example you used. And I, I'm glad you used that example because one of the questions you said about mining, and I, I didn't want to put you on the spot, but right away what came to my mind is a pipeline. Of course, they do go, they, there, there is variation in, in pipelines as well. But in mining, especially you've got, I mean, the, 
there the like the mineral processing especially if it's sort of a gravity fed system you have huge all kinds of degrees happening or like these nine degrees as it gets up a mountain and all that sort of stuff and i wasn't sure so but what you're saying is you actually can like in this system that you gave as an example um that's a it's how many 90 degree angles did you say there was there was 93 90s in that one in particular i believe about 93 90s so quite a quite a few do you have to do you have to um insert the system like how far were you able to just do one setup and then do the whole system on that you must or you must have had to do set up in a couple different spots we had we had one setup on that one and it really it really depends it's a great question jerry because it depends again on that specific pipeline so how long it is what your topography is and the distance because those are the certain limiting factors because again there's we all know there's there's never a silver bullet no matter what you're looking at um but we always try to uncover and work with the client in terms of you know what is that specific pipeline environment and then how can we create the best program or the, the most or the least minimally invasive um, program so if it's short enough we can execute it in one section if it's longer or there's some other limiting factors then we would choose to break it up um, but we look at every pipeline independently and you're right in terms of the mining sector um, there, there's a lot of a lot of different applications that we can look at and obviously with you know with the with the water intensive nature of the mining industry, you know, you'd have a lot of buildup or calcium or, or whatever sediment that's in that, in that pipeline. And that's really where the, the mechanical cleaning stage comes because that's our peeling the onion stage. You know, we've, we've come across lines um, and this is just an example, um, not, not a real time example. I'm just using different types of, of examples here, but you know, we can look at a line, say it's 16 inch. Well, it might be scaled down to eight inches when you actually open it up because there's so much debris in there. So we again, open that up through a progressive digging stage, get it to a bare metal state. And then that's when we step into the chemical cleaning process to, you know, to again, further clean it, acid edge the profile of the substrate for, for coating adherence after that. And again, we're monitoring everything throughout. So we're monitoring the stage of cleanliness um, as we progress through every stage. So it's documented and passed to, to the client via an ITP document that we have. You know, it, it, it's very interesting stuff, Chad. I, I just, every, you know, I, we have so many interesting guests on the show, but it, it's just sort of a neat, it's, I, I like the things we've, we've had multiple guests like that, this on the show, um, you know, like lubricant companies and stuff. And I, honestly, I don't know if people, how much people enjoy hearing about it. <laughs> I like it. So. <laughs> but I love the companies that it's such a, like you're talking about, it's a 16 inch pipe, but it's down to, it's down to 18 inch um, because of buildup and things like that. And it's, it's, you don't see it. If you're driving by, and I, I always use this analogy, on, uh, if you're driving by it, you do not see what's actually happening. You know, lubricant 100%. services, bolts, you know, all these, these things that just, they, they just get integrated into part of the system. And there's all these essentially masters behind it that make it all possible, but they don't sort of, it's like the unsung heroes of the industry. And this really falls into that category. So I, I always have a special appreciation for it. On the CO2, I just wanted to clarify, because you mentioned it a couple of times, the lower CO2 is because of the efficiency in the pipeline, right? Is that, right. Uh, yeah. Right, correct, yeah. So how we, you know, lower your CO2 emissions basically is, is, is exactly what you said, Jared. It's, it's the flow efficient property. So we can, you know, once we've come in and, and, and clean and coated the pipeline, you can move more product through the line with less energy expenditure because you have those um, flow efficient properties to move the product down the line. So you can move more product with less energy expenditure, which of course, you know, lower, less energy use, lower your CO2 emissions. So lower your carbon footprint. A lot of what we do is, is 
is back-end benefits. You know, we come in, obviously you have the initial benefits of, hey, we cleaned your pipeline out, we completely coded it, away you go. But over time or over years is really where um, our end users would see a lot of those benefits. You know, flow efficiencies is a massive one, but also in the reduction of your maintenance programs after the fact. Yeah. Now, again, every, again, every, it's, it's a disclaimer and I'll, I'll say it, you know, I'll say it as many times until I'm blue in the face that every pipeline, every specific environment is its own unique scenario. However, you know, we come in and code it. You will lower your maintenance programs in some cases, you know, almost eliminate them or, or significantly reduce them. So that saves you a lot of back end costs in terms of, you know, your general maintenance, your, your, your cleaning, uh, pigging programs. You know, we can lower those because again, you've got the, you've got the, uh, the properties of the coating, you know, they're, they're designed to, you know, have that paraffin retardation to them. So, you know, it'll wick away um, sediment from building up on the pipe wall surface. Right. Now, again, now again, you know, there's, it, exceptions, it, it, yeah. there's exceptions to every rule and it's not a complete silver bullet. You know, sediment can build up. If, if it's highly erosive, absolutely can build up. A lot of times you'll see it settle out at that six o'clock, you know, four or five, six o'clock position, because again, it's, it has those wicking capabilities. But, you know, it'd still be present. So you might need a maintenance program, but much less, right? You know, low-density, non-destructive pigs, you can sweep a lot of that out. Um, in terms of corrosion inhibitors, we can, you know, eliminate them or significantly reduce your back-end costs with those. So, again, a lot of different benefits come uh, depending on what that client is looking for. But, you know, there's upfront initial benefits, of course, um, but then you get a lot of long-term benefits, uh, as I mentioned. I I, I know, I mean, we can't do it all on the show, of course, like, because uh, it, it would be a full scale like study, but I, I'm very curious, like we, we, like you heard some of the sponsors, like pump companies and things, you know, and a lot of times they're supplying these smaller um, um, operators who are sort of like the, the tributaries to the main, the, the main pipelines, um, or they've got like a, just a small uh, gas line or, or oil line, um, especially in the U.S. you see a lot of it. Um, and I, it would be very interesting to do uh, to do a study of how <laughs> how much efficiency they're losing on all. Like, do you? And I guess where I'm leading with that is, are you looking um, just at the major lines, or are you? I mean, you is it is it cost effective for someone with just one well hole, small operator? Is is it cost effective um, for for you to come in? Great. That's a great question. And, and us at Enterclear, you know, we honestly, truly one of our, you know, corporate values is, is transparency and integrity in terms of how we approach um, different prospective projects. Because again, we are so unique. We are so innovative. We are so, for lack of a better term, unknown to a lot of, of, of the marketplace that, you know, people don't even know that this process exists, let alone trying it. So for us, it's a, a lot of times it's an educational process. Um, so we are always the first to admit, you know, what are the sweet spots in terms of where our process falls into the value chain? Because honestly, I'm always the first to admit, I'm a massive supporter of the entire energy industry. And that includes our competitors, you know, pipeline liner systems, corrosion inhibitors. We, we at Interclear, we all truly believe that they all have their place and they all have their certain, you know, inherent benefits and inherent, you know, possibly issues or, or where they fall into the value chain. We're no different. Where we really sit in terms of the value chain is longer distance lines, um, or larger diameter lines, or when we have access to multiple pipelines in, in one lease or one area. Because again, we are so versatile that, so for example, if we, if we look at a, uh, at a project, uh, say it's a four inch line and you've got two kilometers. Well, 
in that same area or that same lease, what if you have another two, three kilometer, four inch line that, that terminates in the same area? Well, we always take a look at that and say, well, why not use temporary piping, connect those two shorter lines and make one longer distance line, which again, lowers cost, lowers our process because we are in situ. So, you know, there are, there is a, a, a cost to mobilize out to site. So if you, if a client were to ask us, hey, you know, we've got a couple hundred meter pipeline, can you come in and clean and coat it? Well, absolutely, of course we can. But we may be the first ones to say, you know what, it might be cheaper to look at a pipeline liner system in this instance or, or another option, because again, there's a certain cost associated with mobilizing out the site. Now we certainly do a lot of short pipelines as well when they're outside of the range of maybe some of the other systems or options that are out there. Because another benefit to what we do is the fact that we have access to all these different coatings, that means a lot of different types of parameters in terms of pressure and temperature. So we can do you know, pipelines that are quite hot in terms of temperature, we can use different coatings for that. So in a case where it, you know, you got a short line, but it's running really hot or a hot temperature that may be outside of the parameters of some of the other ones, that's where it makes sense. But really for us, where, where our value proposition is, is you know, longer distance. And when I say longer distance lines, you know, really two, three kilometers and up. Okay. Um, and then multiple lines, really just where we can use our in-situ advantage to, to mobilize out the site and execute multiple lines on one mob or, or longer lines or piggyback from one line to another. Um, that's really where, where you see a lot of inherent benefits to what we do. Yeah, that makes sense because I saw you, you sent some pictures through for us and I saw, I mean, it, it, there's a setup. I mean, there, you've got, you've got your, um, I saw these, these kind of these big dome tents. Do you, does your team bring those in or is that, or is that like a customer that set that up for you? Or is there a specific reason for that, that setup that you have? We'll bring up some of those pictures. Um, this nice pictures of outside and inside the operation. Yeah. Yeah. We've got quite a few photos that, that, uh, that we can show you here, uh, as I talk about it, but um, you're right with, with that when when you if you were to or if an end user or client was to approach us and say hey Enterclear, I've got this potential project can you give me a price or can you quote it um, we what we always do or in most cases again exception to every rule but in in Western Canada in North America what you would see from us in terms of a bid would generally be turnkey and that would include all aspects and elements of our pro, of our program so from the cleaning stage all the way to the coding stage, including, you know, your, your disposal costs, your, your equipment, your material, your personnel, we take care of all of that. Um, we coordinate majority of those details. Now we generally need a, a 25, 30 foot runout school for our launcher and receive locations that most cases are, we ask our client to provide because usually they can, you know, if they've got pipe laying around, they can do it cheaper. We can take care of that as well. So we can be completely turnkey if needed, or we can work with the client and say, you know, do you have a disposal well nearby or would you rather take care of disposal costs to make it a bit cheaper? Sure. So we've got a lot of flexibility in terms of, you know, do you want us to take care of all of it? Absolutely. Do you want to farm some out and save costs? We can do that too. So we, we, we really try to, you know, communication is everything with, with, with what we do and is education of the process. So we try to educate our clients or our prospective clients on here's how it works um, and here's what we can do for you. Now you can kind of pick and choose what you think makes sense. Um, the dome tents themselves, yeah, we have those out on every project. And those are critical because we have them over our launch and our receive locations. And they're critical for a couple of reasons. The first is, is safety. You know, safety is paramount. Um, we take it incredibly serious. It, it's again, it's one of our values. So that, that ensures a controlled working environment for our crew. So they're inside, you know, again, launch receiver. So our crews are working in, in the different tents, but that ensures a controlled working environment. So, you know, we put the dome tent 
over our launch and receiver station as you know as the pipeline comes up we put the tent over the guys can work inside um, they, they have a controlled environment and then also it's a controlled environment for our coding and, and the rest of our materials because you know again we need to follow um, you know the proper specifications of, of the types of materials that we're using so when we go to mix that coding we need a controlled environment so that it can be loaded within the pipeline uh, adequately and then move down the pipeline at a controlled rate of travel so it really allows us a lot of flexibility in terms of what we can do. And one more point on the setup factor is again, it doesn't need to be a straight shot in terms of a runout school. As I mentioned before, in a plant setting, you know, we can we can get really creative. You know, in one in one instance, we actually ran a runout school outside of a window into a parking lot. You know, if we're looking at offshore or you know stuff maybe in in Central South America where there's you know there's limitations in terms of footprint, we can work with that. You know, we can we can get creative in where our runout school goes. We set up to a you know a safe, um, adequate location, and then we can conduct our program from there. And the rental schools also serve a, a critical component um, in the coding stage in that ensuring that our our pipe uh, slugger pill of coding enters and exits the pipeline at a controlled rate of travel. Again, that's just ensuring you're getting that uniform coding deposition. So a lot goes into the process, but it is uh, it is incredibly unique and it's pretty cool to see um, to see it in action. It's no, it's it's great. I mean, I, the last question I do have is, um, if when you what does a team size a team uh, vary uh, as well, um, or is there a sort of a standard size team that it takes to to execute? No, it, it does, Jared. It does vary. Now again, we have our core crew, um, our core specialists in terms of the in situ cleaning and coding process. So we do have um, a, a dedicated crew that that we can also you know we can staff up. Or, or we can staff down depending on the size of the project. So it, again, it's dictated by by the project and also by the the time frame that we're in. So for example, if we're in a turnaround scenario, or if we're looking at stuff, you know, up on the North Slope, you know, we've worked in Alaska and the North Slope, where you know your your seasonal limitations might be present. That's when we would really look to to you know the different crew size. So every project is bid with a set certain crew size that we can obviously adjust and change as well as on uh, the timeline. If, if a client has or wants a quicker timeline, we can you know, run two crews 24 hours on the cleaning program and clean that out quicker. Or we can have two crews, for example, if it's a longer pipeline or a multiple section line or a new pipeline construction where we're piggybacking behind the mechanical contractor, we can have two crews or three crews where we're methodically um, executing via, different, via various different sections. So what I mean by that is the first crew can start you know, they clean that first section. And then once we get to the pipeline clean and they start coding, then part of that crew can move to the next section. I see. They, they start cleaning while the other crew coats, uh, fully cures, because we of course have to fully cure the coding after. So that's a process as well, um, where we fully cure that coding out and turn it back over to the client. So we can do, so one part of the crew can do that while the crew piggybacks and, and works their way, again, methodically, sequentially um, through each project. So a long-winded answer, I know, but again, flexibility is, is is huge with what we do yeah i, I said last question i don't know why i said last question because it's a, that i i haven't decided what my last question is <laughs> um, hey I, I got all day man <laughs> no i do have, i just i have uh the one i w was wondering is um now, now i forgot now i forgot my question um is well one thing i want to know is is timeline does that does that vary quite quite a bit it, it does, absolutely. And again, like I said before, I'll say it again, it all depends on the specific project. Um, but yes, timeline does vary. Um, and the reason why timeline varies is, again, there's, 
I guess it would be remiss of me if I didn't cover this because every project, again, there's so many factors that go into it. So in terms of the timeline, you know, the, the factors that would limit that again are, you know, the distance of the line, the location of the pipeline, the season of, uh, you know, the time of year or where we're doing it, you know, a colder environment, everything, you know, as we all know as Canadians, colder environments, everything runs a bit slower, takes a little bit longer. The curing process takes a little bit longer. Right. If we're in a real hot, warm environment, that, you know, that's a benefit that helps the coating cure out quicker. Um, so that those are some factors that can shave off or add days. Um, again, the size and, and scope of the project, obviously, um, you know, and the degree of cleanliness. If we're, if we're, you know, looking at a brand new pipeline, well, the cleaning program will be, will be quicker than right. an existing pipeline. If it's, if it's significantly scaled up, well, that's going to take some time to open up that pipeline. So that's where we try to get creative with, with, you know, with the client or the end user in terms of, you know, what are their parameters? What do they know about this pipeline? You know, what do we all believe to be true? And then we can try to, you know, come up with a program that works the best for everyone. But of course, every stage still, still takes time because we need to achieve those certain benchmarks that we've set throughout. Yeah, um, and the, the actually, and there's a, another question that, that I had that you, uh, that sort of you've mentioned, client and user. And, and just quickly, I want to understand, who are the clients? Is it the pipeline operators or like, let's say you were in a mine, is it the mine operator or um, is it, or are you, or is it a service company that is doing the work for an operator uh, or is it just a mixture of both? It, it's a mix. It's a oh. mixture of all, all of the above. And it really, again, depends on the industry. You know, for example, if we're working with a municipality on say a water line, you know, obviously the end user would be that municipality or, uh, you know, your more traditional oil and gas space. A lot of times it's, you know, it's, it's the operator, the end user, um, but in a lot of cases, it can be through, you know, through the EPCM, the engineering firm as well. So we work with a lot of um, different levels and varieties of, of, of clientele or prospective clientele in terms of who actually makes those decisions. And again, if it's an existing pipeline uh, project, you know, a lot of times we would work with that company's integrity department. If it's a new pipeline project, we would work, you know, with the, the construction, the, the facility pipeline group, the, you know, um, the pipeline engineer. So it really, we, we, we find ourselves uh, nuancing through a lot of um, different areas within various different industries. So it, it's, it really depends on, on who has that end need. Right. I, I hope, uh, Chad, as we, we wrap up this interview, I, I hope there's the hydrogen that you touched on um, that sector. I mean, you, you and I talked about it offline. Um, I mean, there's a, there is a mark, there's a whole other world that we're really not privy to here in Canada or really the U.S. I mean, we don't realize that we see charging stations in places like Germany. They have hydro stations, hydrogen mm -hmm. stations. Like it's, it's a, it's a thing that's part of their, their ecosystem of, of fuel. Um, so I'm, I'm, I really hope you do get a chance to come back and, and talk about that once you sort of, you can release that information and results are in. And I, I know there's a process, um, but that's a whole other world that I, I hope we do get to unpack um, soon within the next year or so. I hope so too, Jared. I, I really do. And, and because you're right, it is, um, you know, recently there's been announcements, uh, you know, in Western Canada and Alberta in terms of its proposed hydrogen economy. Um, as I mentioned, we, we, we have a lot of communication with, with our, our Interclear Europe group uh, and some of the, the European um, companies out there in terms of what they're doing, uh, you know, Germany, France, and the Netherlands, you're right, they are, they are already 
implementing a certain percentage of hydrogen, you know, introducing a blend within their natural gas pipelines or their natural gas systems. So there's a lot happening on that front that is, is truly incredibly exciting. And I think, you know, has a massive potential for us here in Canada, Alberta, Western Canada, the U.S. globally. It's just now it's, it's, it's ensuring that, you know, obviously it's done correctly, efficiently, and it, and it makes sense. And it's realistic too, right? You know, there's a lot of um, yeah. talk about the, of different targets and, you know, what we're doing internally is Enerclare, you know, I, I really hope that we're able to come back here in the next six months to a year and talk about some of the developments that we're working on because it, it really could be, if everything goes according to plan, could be an absolute game changer. Well, I hope it does. And uh, yeah, I, all, all the best to you in that because I think it's, um, it, it's obviously something that the industry wants and needs. I mean, repurposing pipelines, you know, you know, hydrogen is, uh, it's, uh, if it can be done right, it's pretty much limitless. <laughs> there is no limit to it. So, um, yeah, thanks for coming on the show, Chad. I really do appreciate it. And, you know, answering all our questions and walking us through it and, you know, walking us through that video, that was still very impressive. I, um, <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I don't know how you pulled, like, I, I just, it's funny because I've had people do that similar thing before and it's, it's always like, oh, they're going to be able to pull it off and you have to kind of edit it together. But you were just like, <laughs> right through it well thank you you're much too kind you're, you're yeah. very kind i appreciate it uh thanks for coming on the show uh i'm going to do a quick sign off with gaudi and uh hopefully we have you back soon yeah thank you gaudi jared uh, the entire crownsman energy um on behalf of our entire team we truly appreciate the opportunity to, to come on here thank you it's been great thank you Chad. thank you um how's that gaudi how's it being back it's interesting. It's I, I have to say it's a little. It's much harder than it was before. Because our setup you, is. <laughs> I see you getting up and uh, <laughs> lot, lots of fun. Um, but what a great show to come back back for. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Gowdy, where? Uh, thank you everybody for watching Crownsman Energy. We love doing the show. This is actually. It feels like we've been doing Crownsman Energy for as long as the other shows. But it's not. We've only been doing it for like six months. I think yeah. we just we packed pulp. Paul Painter, <laughs> crazy man. <laughs> yeah. He just got everybody on. It was crazy. And we've got oh, more yeah. people coming. And Gowdy, we need people to suggest guests. We need people yes. to follow us. We need people to tell us all the things we're doing wrong. Um, so <laughs> where can they do all that? Um, well, please follow us and subscribe to our YouTube channel um, at Crownsman P. Uh, you'll see that our handle there at the bottom. Um, again, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. Uh, listen to us um, wherever you listen to podcasts because we're everywhere as well. Um, if please, if you want to suggest someone or your company to be on our show, whether it's Crownsman Energy, Mining Now, or the Crownsman Show, please contact us info at crownsman.com. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Thank you to Chad, our guest today, Enter Clear Services, for being on. It was a great interview. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. They're it's a, it's a great company. I love what they're doing. So, thank you everybody. We will see you on the next episode of Crown's Men Energy.